it's a total vice. That and mini eggs, cereal mini eggs. I could happily live on a diet of just that. If it was possible. If it was possible, yeah. yeah. I have a family bag of mini eggs in, in the side pocket of my car. All right, well, I've got like five bars of dark chocolate within arm's reach, so I think that's one of my vices. Dark chocolate? Ah, yeah. Oh, man, you sound like my dad. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a real grown-up, Colin. If we're talking vices, I mean, I don't know how dark we want to get here, but, you know. <laughs> I've got a vice for vices. I've got a vice for Vice Magazine and Cocaine. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, in reality, I do think I... One of my New Year's resolutions was to... Because this is how first world problems I am, was to cut down on the amount of cereal I eat. Because there were times I was coming out of Tesco with four different brands. Because I <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I need to have like days where I want some cocoa shreddies and then other days where I want some golden nuggets. And other days where I want both at the same time. Well, you're allowed to have as many cereal brands as you want. It's just about how often you Yeah, but you forget them. I'm in my mid-twenties. I'm not 12 anymore. You can eat golden nuggets. That's okay. Golden nuggets are great. So underrated. But you know what? This week, earlier in the week, I cracked into a box of of uh, sugar puffs. Uh-huh. Recent. A brand new box of sugar puffs. Confirmed it wasn't open and stale, right? I just... I, I chuck a few sugar puffs in my mouth. Brilliant stuff. Turns out, it sucks now. Yeah. It was terrible. Well, they're not called sugar puffs for a start. They were, they were just like bland little bits of oat. I'm sure they're called like honey puffs or oaty puffs because the word sugar has now been treated as offensive. They're just they're just called puffs. <laughs> <laughs> Flavorless puffs. I swear you see these opportunities for episode titles and you just hit a home run. This would be a bit early for a title. I can do better. No, no, that's that's early enough. Well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see in an hour's time whether or not it's made the cut. Episode 156 of Seesaw Parade. Are you teasing the fact that we're doing a bumper hour-long episode today? What? Why? I didn't know. At what point have I mentioned an hour? You just said it. I'm committing to it. I'm committing to it. No, that's not true. We'll see. It's as long as a piece of string. We'll see how long it takes. Exactly. That's the that's the phrase. Exactly. If it, if it takes an hour, it takes an hour, but I certainly hope it takes less because I have sleep to get and a run to do. <laughs> Which is more important? Running, obviously. The podcast is the answer to the question. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, like, after the podcast. Like, once I've edited it and oh, yeah. owned it and crafted it and made it beautiful oh, yeah. and added theme You're really good at that, to be fair. No, I know, you got I quite know. the knack. I know. It's uh, it's one of my few talents, as well as scoffing as many bowls of cereal as humanly possible in three hours. Wait, how many is humanly possible here? That's a good world record to have. I reckon, I reckon you could do that one. Let's phone up Guinness and find out. Let's see if the... Actually, they're... Oh, you might be onto something here, James. Well, I know what we're onto. Seesaw Parade world record breaking YouTube channel, where we just <laughs> attempt to break world records. Oh, man. This could be it. This could be our break. We've done it. 156 episodes into season one. We thought of our thing. We found our niche. Yes. YouTube show where we just attempt to break world records. I'm sure that's not a thing already. Yeah, I reckon that already exists, so. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, anyway, in the meantime, whilst we think up of our actual way to become successful, um, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Colin, and he is James. I am. The rudder to this listless vessel. Wait, are you not the rudder? No, I was saying you are. I'm the captain. But I think... 
You were the captain. St- oh, you're st- captain steers. Yeah, I, you? I'm steering you, boy. And your little puppet. <laughs> and my little puppet. So let's just dive right in. But first of all, reminding you that, of course, you can get in touch with Seesaw Parade. James, how can they do it? Send us an email. Seesawparade at gmail.com. That's all one word. Yeah, that's true. And tweet, Facebook, Snapchat, at Seesaw Parade, because we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts, whether that be disagreeing with one of our many spouted opinions or doing what we've suggested, which is get in touch with an audio review of something you've seen, which David Wood has done this week. Thank you, David. We'll hear from David. Thank you. A little bit later in the show. Let's just dive in and start talking about the annual Super Bowl ad breaks. Wait, there was a Super Bowl this year? There was a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I'm i sorry. No, no, there wasn't because I heard it wasn't so superb. Oh, really? I think it might have just been like a, a mediocre bowl. A mediocre owl? Oh, yeah, you, you made that. Yeah, you, you got the punchline wrong, James. There we go. A mediocre owl. <laughs> a more journalistic me would have found out who the winner was or actually who was in the Super Bowl. Uh, super Bowl. Wait, was it the team that relocated to California recently? I honestly, James, I have no idea. I... Couldn't tell I think you. it was the team that relocated to California recently. I was too busy watching the ad, starting with the 30 seconds for Avengers Endgame. Let's just... Yeah. I mean, I know it's 30 seconds, but let's play half of that. Some people move on. But not us. Not us. James... Colin. James, thoughts on the Endgame teaser? It looks... Okay, here's where I'm at with the Endgame teaser. <laughs> it looks like a Hunger Games film. It looked like it was the Hunger Games 4. 5. The Hunger Games 5. Yeah. Which isn't a compliment. To me, they're hamstrung by the fact that obviously a lot of the stuff takes place elsewhere as opposed to on planet Earth. In the snap. Everything in this teaser... Looks like it's been shot in a warehouse. Yeah, it was. It was shot in a on one airport. Yeah, in some poorly lit scene. Well, no, no, sorry. There was it was all shot in one airport except that scene where Rocket Raccoon's at the top of a mountain opening a shed door. Because <laughs> that's something you want to put in your trailers. <laughs> and uh, and also the fact that someone pointed this out on Twitter that there are a couple of shots in this teaser where someone has been photoshopped out where someone's been edited out of the actual footage. Oh, yeah? There's one There's one shot in particular where I think four characters are walking across some grass, and there's a very obvious gap where a fifth character is meant to be standing. And similarly, when they're all in a line, there is a gap where someone should be. And I imagine it's Tony Stark, because they don't want to be like, oh, he's escaped space, he's made it back to Earth. Wait, or it's um, Captain Marvel. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might be Captain Marvel. Who knows? Also, what happens to Blue Girl? She's chilling out with Mr. Stark, and then, like, (laughs) does she make it? Where's her space in the four-person lineup? Well, I imagine, well, she's in the background of a couple of shots. I imagine she knows how to get home. She probably has a satin-nav in her arm. She's just like, I'm out of here. I understand that they are kind of constrained by what they can show because half the characters are supposedly dead, but... I mean, this 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 didn't do anything more for me than the actual trailer. So it just reminded us who was in the film for sure. Well, exactly. We we know who's going to be in it for at least the first half from the start. Before we move on, can we just talk about the actual Endgame news, which I've got much later in the running order? Because we're talking about it now. We may as well get out the way. Okay. This is this is the news that the Russo brothers, the directors and writers of the film, have confirmed that just two months out 
from the film being released, it's still at the three-hour mark. James, go. Yes. I don't want that. Can you can you cut it down, please? Can you understand why it might be that long? Yeah, because they got they got so much to do. They got to do a whole lot of stuff to make this film work. They got to they got to work real hard to justify having two films for this and have the second arc be just as big as the first one, where everyone got dissolved, <laughs> and it has to pay off with even like stronger feels and emotions. Which I get. And also, we're saying goodbye to like a whole bunch of the big names. I reckon even Rocket Raccoon's gonna die. You think? Yeah. Mr. Cooper, he costs the big bucks. He does. He's now a multiple-time Oscar nominee. I understand entirely why it's three hours, but that is entirely too long. I know they're saying it's the culmination of 22 films, and they're saying that in the test screenings that nobody's gone out for a bathroom break. That's not a sign that the film's good. It's just a sign that everyone had had, had a sufficient amount of water beforehand. Well, uh, or they've accidentally had audiences of iron bladders. <laughs> you're going to do a test screening for a really long film to see if it's intense enough to keep people in their seats, and you just so happen to get everybody who's just happy to chill and wait. And who perhaps knew the film was going to be long and went to the bathroom beforehand. <laughs> Didn't drink lots of stuff before the film or during the film. Well, exactly. So, so I'm sorry, Russo Brothers, but I don't buy that explanation that your film was so gripping that nobody went to the bathroom. I think that's just people who knew it was going to be long and prepared sufficiently. I have never gone to the bathroom during a film. Neither have at, I. At the, at the cinema. Like, I don't get it. How do you so underprepare for your experience at the cinema that you need to go to the bathroom halfway through? Yeah, I mean, unless it's an emergency, in which case I completely understand. Like, if you're just about to poop your pants, off you run. Okay. Otherwise, just chill, mate. Right, fine. Okay, let's let's move on from that. Uh, another teaser from Super Bowl 2019 was the first look at Toy Story 4. Here we go. You got a friend in me. Wow, this place is amazing. Wasn't Buzz going to meet us here? He must be held up somewhere. Hey, up here, Astro Boy. If you think you can take our top prize spot, you're wrong. Dead wrong. Help me get out of here. I'll help you. With my foot. Wow. Yeah. How you like that, cheetah? Oh, oh, to infinity and my foot. Boom. <laughs> In the vacuum of space, they cannot hear you scream. <laughs> okay, James, I want to hear what you thought of this. So it's just mostly Key and Peele, right? That was Key and Peele? Yeah, Key and Peele. So if you don't know, this is the comedy duo, Key and Peele. <laughs> are and the they, voices they there. Seem- they seem to have some part to play in this. This film is basically going to be 90% them, according to this trailer. <laughs> also, Bo Peep is there. There's a couple things to note here. Yeah, Bo Peep is there, but she's had a bit of a drastic look change. I think probably because she's too Bowie and too peepy uh, for 2019. She needs to be more... Uh, I was going to say radicalized. That's not the word I was looking for. No, she needs to be radicalized to fit in with her global audience. Unless, of course, she's an... <laughs> She's an ISIS sleeper agent. We just don't know yet. Yeah. You just have to say the words and suddenly she starts machine gunning people down. Uh, She's going to take down Buzz. <laughs> no. I actually like this. It made me, The teaser made me laugh. So it's... Yeah. I mean, our discussion over the fact that they're even making this film. We've had that before. Uh, so they've made the film. Okay. If it's good, fair enough. But can you get a better film than the ending the Toy Story 3 was? I doubt it. I doubt it. I also did, just to pitch this one to Disney while they're listening, or Pixar, or Disney Pixar while they're listening to us. Disney Pixar. I thought of a really good name for Toy Story 5. Which is what? Like, when they want to like get the new cast involved, so they're going to kill off some of the old members whose contracts are running out. 
They should call it to infinity and the grave. <laughs> get rid of Buzz at the end. Replace him with a new handsomer Buzz. And then we can get six more Toy Stories by 2022. So basically you're advising Disney to fast and furious the F out of this. Yeah. That's a solid business plan. Talking off, uh, Jordan Peele <laughs> from Key and Peele, a trailer, this is the, the, the last, uh, second to last trailer we'll, we'll talk about today. His new film, Us, the, uh, now this is, they're, they're calling it the second trailer. We missed the first one, evidently. Oh, we did. This is the second trailer for his new movie, Us. He, by the way, Jordan Peele is the guy from Get Out, which was my favourite film of 2017. Mind-blowingly good. Let's just have a little listen to this. You know how sometimes things line up? Coincidences? Since we've been up here, they've been happening more and more. It's like there's this black cloud hanging over us. There's a family in our driveway. Who is that? Okay, so this is Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke from various films. You probably will know them best from Black Panther. Yeah. James, watching this trailer, what did you make of this? I reckon it looks pretty good, eh? It does, man. Ah, I liked it. How about that for a review? This looks pretty good. It does, yeah. I liked it. Ah. It's got the horror vibe going. <laughs> yeah. It did the creepy music from a, from a song that they're going to cover thing. I think he put a put a Jordan Peele's got someone crying and the camera is close to their face. That's a good thing. Or was that the poster? I don't it remember. M- it anymore. might have just been some footage from my iPhone that made it into the cut. But uh, I'm reckoning we are, we're seeing the the highlights of the future here. Jordan Peele is yeah. going to bring us great horror films forever. Apparently, yes, he is. Well, I would agree. The only thing I would say is he has broken our trailer rule of that. The trailer looks like it's shown us the plot of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Get Out, you had no idea, really, what was going on until you actually went and saw it. There was a lot of mystery left, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure I'm sure there will be plenty of rug pulling and twisting and turning in the actual film. But yeah, the premise is out there. Yeah, unless it's like... But it, perhaps that's... Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. He wants to get a wider audience for this one, so he's telling everyone what's in the film so they actually watch it. To, to be fair, like a film called Us, you, you're going to have to know, oh wait... It's a film. It's a horror film about people being haunted or attacked by themselves. Yeah. Hence the word us. Hence the word us. Have you ever seen many of the Key and Peele shorts from forever ago? I have not. You should. Quite a lot of them are pretty terrifying until the punchline. <laughs> That's where he got his horror stuff started. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I was just having a. I was having a little browse on the internet today, and I saw someone point that out, and then I was like, Oh yeah. Quite a lot of their shorts used to have like really, really scary moments, and then it would be really funny at the end. I just know the Key and Peele sketch where I think he's a president and he's shaking hands with loads of people in a line. Yeah, yeah. And it's been turned into it's been turned to a meme countless times. I don't know what that's yeah, from. I know that one, but that's what I know them best from as a duo. Oh, they got loads of good stuff. Everyone, go watch their stuff. Okay, final trailer before we move on. Hannah. Now, this is Amazon Prime remaking the Shursa Ronan film from 2011. But as a as a TV series. As a TV series, yeah, sorry. Which is always a good idea. I don't know, I, I'm not actually going to bother playing the trailer, um, 
But I just wanted your thoughts on this before I tear into it. Well, we've got our, what is he, the tall Swedish guy that's always in Netflix shows. He's on Amazon yeah. now, apparently. I quite like him. Joel Kinnaman. He was doing a, he was doing an accent, which is which is also all right. But I never really enjoyed Hannah as a IP. And to try and do it as a TV show with like low budget, that this clearly has quite a low budget. It's probably not going to end well. I say it's got low budget because they didn't even add like the hit markers for like gunshots. Well, exactly. There were just like bangs going off and you couldn't even see where they were landing. There is a couple, there's a few things about this. First of all, it's the whole, yeah, IP of Hannah. I don't care if it's your, you're making a film about a child assassin. I, I'm just not interested. Second of all, they've already adapted what was a film, the whole Jack Ryan series for, from film to TV. Now I know that's originally a book. But still, that's a problem in itself, taking something which people know is a film or a book series and making it a TV show. Third of all, this just looks horrible. The action sequences that were included in the trailer, who was choosing them? Was it a blind person? Because those kicks were not connecting. It felt cheap. And those, just the actual like gunfire bits and the hand-to-hand combat looks so bad. And they're going for the like cut before you land the punch editing style, which I don't like. <laughs> And clearly, they're just saving all their money for their Lord of the Rings Amazon Prime show because they've just been like, oh, wait, what do we have down the back of the sofa for that Hannah show we totally forgot about? Well, I reckon that their film to TV series, they might actually make money off those because they've been doing them since the get go. They started off with like Zombieland and other ones like that. And then they did Taken and then they did that one that Watch McCollum was in and they kept pushing. I don't know. They seem to be actually keen to do them, so they can't be that bad for money. Right, okay. Last two adverts before we move on, but these two are for brands, starting with Pepsi. And let's just have a listen to this before I explain more about it. I'll take a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Ow! Are puppies okay? Is a shooting star okay? Is the laughter of a small child okay? I think you might be just saying it wrong. You gotta say it with pride, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, kind of. Pepsi's more than okay. It's okay! Okay, what have we learned today? You want a Pepsi? I want a Pepsi. She wants a Pepsi. There you go. They broke the fourth wall, everyone. <laughs> yes, they did. James... Well, they didn't really. They broke the meta-reference wall, everyone. Did you like this advert for a start? I was okay with it. It was a bit much. It was a bit loud for my liking. It's it's full on, but I appreciated the actual ad and the kind of joke around it because we've all heard that sentiment being expressed so many times. Is Pepsi okay? Yeah. I like, you know, I like that. This advert reminds me of Twitter marketing. It reminds me of all the Twitter accounts for all the, all the corporations. They're getting quite snarky these days. This ad reminded me of that, and that's a good thing. It was it was very meta. It was very like it was very 2019. Yeah. And then lastly, Stella Artois, who are cashing in on Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and the Dude, a la Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Selling beer to Americans. Of course, and many American children. Don't forget all the kids that watch the Super Bowl. Let's sell beer to them. Well, night, huh? Why Russian? Stella Artos. <laughs> Excuse me. Good choice. Well, changing can do a little good. <laughs> do the bides. <laughs> I don't understand why you would... Why, first of all, 
I mean, these two characters, okay, they're fairly iconic. You know who they are. You recognize them. But why those two? I mean, well, those references are uh, at least 20 years old. Yeah, one, the reference is super old. That's okay, too. It's because they've both got, like, a drink that they're associated with. Yeah. The other one would have been, like, a James Bond thing. And then the, the whole point of the advert is, hey, you've not been drinking your stuff. Stop drinking other people's things and try our one, please. It's not going <laughs> to... It didn't work for me. I don't want to try it. But I see what they were aiming to do. Yeah unsuccessfully so you so you'd say it's unsuccessful i didn't like this advert no i thought it was it felt shoehorned in it felt almost desperate like hey 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 look at us we're we're a beer please we we are cool we've paid these people loads of money and there's slapstick humor in this advert (laughs) did you forget how funny it is when waiters drop trays (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay thumbs down for stella I'll, i'll say pepsi gets pass marks for that though yeah Right, okay, let's move on to a review of what we've been watching this week. Shall we start with, with David, or should we start with you? Let's start with the, the audience review. Okay, let's do that. So David, um, in fact, let's just not give him an intro. David, what have you been watching this week? You just gave him an intro. This week, I've been watching Sex Education on Netflix. It's a TV series starring Asa Butterfield as Otis, a dysfunctional teenager with a sex therapist mum played incredibly by Gillian Anderson. Spurred on by the local rebel Maeve, Otis begins offering advice to his classmates on their sex lives in return for cold, hard cash. Personally, I think it's absolutely brilliant. This show could easily have been another cliché series of teen high school moments and awkward virginities and one-dimensional school bullies, but every single character is fully formed, with thoughts, feelings and interesting story arcs. Even the elements that feel well-worn, like the inevitable will-they-won't-they of the lead characters, is handled with care and feels fresh, offering some new insight into these stories. It's especially good to see the development of Otis's gay best friend, Eric, who manages to be a high school gay in a TV show who doesn't have to come out or fall in love with his best mate to be interesting. In particular, it has to be given credit for the way it manages to handle endless sexual mishaps, with the sensitivity that makes the show one of the most sex-positive things I've seen in ages. The design of the show is a bit quirky. It's British teens in an American-style high school in a locale that looks vaguely Norwegian but was apparently filmed in Wales. The team have attempted to go for a kind of school of everywhere vibe for their American audiences, but they end up with a show that just feels nowhere, out of place and out of time. But the timeless stuff works. This show revels in reminding you what it feels like to be a messed up teenager. More than once I cringed behind a pillow and waited for the ground to swallow me up. Creator Laurie Nunn has done an amazing job of keeping the show just realistic enough to remind you of all the things you messed up as a teen, whilst writing a witty and sweet script with well-drawn characters that keep you emotionally invested throughout. I even teared up towards the end of the series. Series 2 has already been commissioned, and I'm eagerly awaiting it coming back. It's well worth a watch. This has made me want to watch the show. I've seen Netflix actually repeatedly suggest this to me, including on my iPhone. Literally just one day it said, Netflix suggests sex education. I just thought it was... Wait, you got a notification? I got notification that Netflix was suggesting this to me. And he's just like, Netflix offers life advice now? It's literally what I tweeted. Clearly you've been following my Twitter. I didn't I didn't follow your Twitter. Oh man, because... We're just like minds. That to me, I was just like, that's some that's some solid life advice because, you know, I certainly missed it during high school. I mean, if if, if Netflix like no, push notification that to literally every phone on the planet, I reckon, I reckon we'd be a safer species. I mean, clearly they were just... 
having a lull, someone at the notifications team was like, hey, this will be really funny. Let's do it. Well, either that or someone at the notifications team is just really not on the ball. And then they, <laughs> they all enjoyed the fallout afterwards. Yeah. Thanks, David, for that review. Uh, very thorough. I like Asa Butterfield a lot as an actor. And I like when characters are fleshed out as opposed to two-dimensional tropes. Well, yeah. Or even like when not just the protagonist is fleshed out. Right. Well, exactly. I like it when the whole ensemble is. Okay. I, th- I think I will give this a try. And thank you, David, for that review. If you have seen anything else, any dear listener out there, TV show, film, whatever, send it in. Seesawparade at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm thinking of doing one myself. Okay. Well, James, do you want to do us one for us live? Because it looks like... Oh, man. Pressure's on now. In my notes here, you have actually seen something this week. I have watched... An anime, surprise what? upon surprise. I've I finished a season of Mob Cycle 100. What earth? What is Mob Cycle so 100? This this one, if it follows a young boy who actually is is the older brother of of the two who who you meet. You meet two brothers, and it follows the older one. And I thought he was a younger one for some okay. reason in my head, even though it cl- clearly tells you he's the older one many times, and he's just a socially awkward boy. He's trying to get through life and live a normal life, but actually, he's an he's an esper. He's got he's got mind powers, Colin. He can, <laughs> cool, he all can, right, nice. He can t- he can use telekinesis, and he can he he can see ghosts and exercise them. And it follows him and his like senpai, his master, his his little boss, as they go about their daily lives, doing their shenanigans and saving the day here and there. Uh huh. It's genuinely just a really really like funny show, but it's also incredibly well animated. And I love it. And all the characters are cool. It's it's it's, it's weird because it's much like Haikyuu, which is a sports anime. You go into the action animes or the sports ones expecting uh, like 2D characters. But the, like Haikyuu, this one had everybody was 3D. There was character arcs for background characters. Nice. And like there's absolute, there's my favorite characters in the show are, are like these like huge big buff boys. They've got a body wellness club, body improvement club, actually scratch that. And they're just so delightfully charming and wholesome. And I don't, I don't know what else to say about the show. Watch it, please. Everybody. I, I love, can I just say, I love the titles for some of these shows because if they were American or, you know, Netflix, you'd have a, like a weird ass name, like, you know, The Mentalist or, you know, yeah. The Patient or, or like The Little Brother. But no, this one's just called Mob Psycho 100. What a great name. Yeah, Mob Psycho 100. And the main character is, uh, his nickname is Mobu. And I think that's because it means like reject or something. I can't remember. Oh, really? Yeah. But his, his, his proper name is like Kageyama. And I can't remember his surname anymore. But it just genuinely is a great show. I loved it so much. Nice. And season two is on the go right now, coming out one episode per week. So I'm excited to watch that too. Excellent. Before we get onto some actual news, uh, uh, may I just mention that David actually sent an email as well. He said, Dear Seesaw Parade, long time listener, first time emailer. It's been so lovely hearing both your voices. More James, less Colin in the future, please. I agree with that. N- that's hard to do. Can we give J- <laughs> Can we give James a dedicated anime section of the podcast? Did it. Many thanks. Your closest fan geographically... David. Ooh, good title. Um, yeah, indeed. Although he's actually moving to the south side as opposed to the two doors down that he literally is living at the moment. All right, so that title might be up for grabs, everyone. It is, it is. I, I don't even know who's, who the next candidate is. <laughs> well, But anyway, yeah, thank you, David. James, whilst we talk about um, the things I've watched, I've watched too many things, so I just want you to choose the one you would like the fullest review of. Oh, eh. Uh, right. 
I want to hear the foolish review of Stan and Ollie. Please. Okay, hold on. I was going to give you the list first. Oh, I was predicting it. Okay. I've got I've got mental powers. I, some would call me the mentalist. Okay, so Stan and Ollie then is Steve Coogan and John C. Riley as the world famous duo uh, as they come to the end of their careers. It is a lovely biopic. The performances are outstanding. John C. Riley, in particular, I can entirely see why he was given the Golden Globe nomination. Steve Coogan's also very good. I think uh, Riley kind of steals the spotlight because he's under so much of a fat suit. That is one way to get more of the picture. It is. It is. He's almost unrecognizable. Uh, but it's well acted. It tells a good story. And it's, yeah, it honors their legacy without delving too deeply. Yeah. And the female characters are also given a bit more character as well, which is nice. So I would give that, it's a solid 7 out of 10. Cool. I'll give you, I'll give you a line on the other three things I've seen, starting with the Fire Festival documentary on Netflix. I've heard terrible things about the Fire Festival. I didn't know there was a documentary. Yes. I would urge you to go and watch it. 90 minutes long, absolute chaos, total madness. Loved it. Cool. Go watch it. Really good. Just just a standalone documentary. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Finally saw that. Emily Blunt's Magnificent. Fun fact, her going backwards into a bath. They actually did. It isn't CGI. Cool. I, and it's... Did, did they do it with... Wait, how did they suspend the water? Was there no water? There's a video. I'll, I'll send you the video. But basically, she goes back. There's like a, a shoot built like a flume built into the bath right i don't know how they kept the water up but that's how they did it cool okay anyway the film itself she went on a flume ride on the film backwards um so the film itself is is nice enough nowhere near the original obviously but it's fine and lastly I don't think it was meant to be the original yeah but oh, wait, you mean nowhere as good as the original no nowhere yeah exactly nowhere near as good no wait but that's... do you remember, remember any of my predictions for the storyline did i get them right i'm gonna say i did what were they again i don't remember anymore I was asking in case um, you remembered. No, to, to really, my memory's terrible. No. <laughs> and lastly, I saw Vice. Now, Vice is the film with the most Oscar nominations, mainly in the acting categories. And I would just say give Christian Bale best actor right now. Oh, yeah? He's just phenomenal as Dick Cheney. So it's not just because of the body alterations he went through again. Amy Adams, also very, very good, as is Sam Rockwell as George Bush. Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld. Also excellent. Cool. I like him. But the film itself is a mess. Oh. Do you know when... This, this is from Adam McKay, who did Anchorman, also did The Big Short. Probably his biggest film ever. Mm-hmm. The Big Short. Do you remember the style of that? It was very like, edit, cut point, here's some newsreel footage, here's a voiceover, here's someone else, here's a random... Oh, here's something else. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it really worked for The Big Short. It does not work for Vice right. at all. Okay. To the extent they actually they start rolling the credits an hour and ten minutes in as like a joke. It's it's the most bizarre thing. Wait, they pretend to be rolling the credits. They pretend that the film has ended at, at an hour ten, and they start rolling the credits, and then the film just resumes. It's so weird. <laughs> so yeah, the film itself, it's among the poorest i'd say in terms of the best film nominees probably only second bottom to bohemian rhapsody right yeah but the acting is first class give them give them the awards but don't give the film the award Mm -hmm. all right 
Okay. Well done, Colin. Thank you. Let's move on. I'm amazed I managed to condense my own reviews into such little time. <laughs> Liam Neeson, everybody, oh. is not a racist. He prom- yeah, It's a real good thing to say there, Neeson. <laughs> uh, so he's in hot water. The actor is in hot water after he admitted in an interview whilst promoting his new film that actually, 40 years ago, he went out on the streets looking to provoke a black man uh, so that he could kill him. Just, just, any old, just any old man. Just like, oh, hey, you. So, that, yeah. was my, that was my Liam Neeson impression, everyone. <laughs> just, just to give a, a little bit more context, he said he walked the streets with a weapon for a week years ago. Wait, did he go home between days or was he just out for a solid week? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was just so rabid with anger that he was he was out there for a week. And does he specify what weapon? Does uh, did he have like a knitting needle? <laughs> did he have a gun? Like there's there's Nobody a huge variety him? of things that can can fit in that in that variable there. Might have been a plastic bag, but uh, yeah, he's <laughs> never know. He said he he was hoping to take out his anger after someone close to him was raped by a black man. Now that obviously is very serious, but then <laughs> admitting that you went out to try and kill a black person, yeah, is just. It's intent to murder, right? What are you doing? What is promoting a film? How does that come up in a promotion interview? The New York, the New York premiere of his new film, Cold Pursuit, was then cancelled after that. Yeah, rightly so. Oh man, just what a dongus! What is he thinking, James? Well, one, what's he thinking now? But also, Mister Neeson, that is racist. It's it's so racist. It's, so it's racial profiling. I don't mind. Like it, it would be racist if it if it was like a white guy and he went to kill some random white guy. It would be a kind of same but similar racism. But is is it's it doesn't matter if you're saying it would be generic for any race. You're a racist. Yeah. You're saying here's a person of a race. All people are now that person. I'm sure his PR team were delighted with his comments. Oh mate. Let's move on. World War Z 2... Oh, my favourite f- upcoming film. ...has been shelved. Oh no, I hadn't already forgotten about it. <laughs> so this was uh, the sequel that nobody wanted, six years after the film, which was so far over budget and was reshot over eight weeks. Yeah, and made into a mess. It's no longer happening. Now, apparently, uh, so I think the official statement is something like, oh, they just couldn't make it work, and there was just too many nahs, and oh no, we just decided not to do it. But actually, the official story is believed to be that David Fincher's budget for the film was spiralling beyond that of the first movie. And then <laughs> Paramount were like, no, we need to do it for this much. And Fincher said, nope. And they've walked away. And that is that. <laughs> That's terrible. How do you mess up so badly with the first film and then mess up even worse <laughs> with the second one? Especially when you've got like a, someone like David Fincher who's agreed to do the sequel for you and you still mess it up. It sounds like it was him that was messing it up. Oh, man. Anyway, that's that. Disney have confirmed that R-rated properties will continue after their merger with 21st Century Fox. Now, this is the concern. Yes, so Deadpool is not going to be PG. Yeah, this was the concern that Deadpool, uh, the likes of Logan, uh, and other similarly R-rated, 15-rated films that 21st Century Fox do would be a thing of the past because you had the Disney Castle logo yeah. at the start. And they only do child-friendly films. But Bob Iger, uh, Disney CEO, has confirmed they will continue. They will just make it very clear to audiences that this yeah. uh, is not a Disney film. Yeah, they're saying basically that the Fox branch will have some autonomy there. Yeah, which is, which is good news, right? Because Fox has been doing some pretty decent films all of a sudden. <laughs> it's a surprise to all of us, James. And yeah. uh, just before we talk some actual news, before we uh, leave the world of movies, 
I can't believe I'm talking about this again. Gambit <laughs> is because you promised it was the last time, Colin. The world conspired oh, to make our promises can't come untrue. Believe it. I I know I've said this before. We talk about this film literally like once a month. It's we're not allowed to promise things in the podcast. Okay, so Gambit, the Channing Tatum starring, now directing film. It's on hold. It's on hold because of this Disney Fox merger. Yeah, it's not. And so the film which is being being made for the last five years is now on hold. And it's gonna come out and it's gonna be the most generic action film ever. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're so right. You're so right. Okay, let's talk actual news. James, tell me about Twenty One Savage. Oh, he's he's a rapper, okay, from Atlanta. Well, but wait, he's actually from the UK. That's what America discovered this week. This story is mental. He got done in as like just some guy who was chilling in a car with someone else who got pulled over, and then ICE got him. They're like, wait, hold on. We ran your name. You're from the UK. You were supposed to leave here 20 years ago. Wait, 10 years ago. I don't remember how many years ago. Yeah. So this is this is a bit mad. 21 Savage is nominated for Grammys for his work. 21 Savage, owner of 12 cars, or maybe six. I'm not sure. Truly 21 would make more, more sense. He, he's getting there over the course of his career. He keeps okay. he, he updates you every single song. Don't worry. <laughs> I got 13 cars. I got 14 cars. Yeah, I'd, I'd listen to that guy. Um, So... <laughs> People are saying different things. Some people say he was in Atlanta from the 90s, and someone said he came here in 2000, or he came to the States in 2005 when he was 12 and just never left. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing the, the, the edits on his Wikipedia are going crazy. There's been thousands. People are just vying to get the real edit now. Well, Jay Z has stepped in. He says the arrest of rapper 21 Savage is an absolute travesty, and he's hired a lawyer. To help him fight against deportation. I mean, if a guy, if he is, like, if he's there and he's not supposed to be, it's not really a travesty. Oh, exactly. Like, you're, if you're, if you've cheated the system, he's a British citizen. That's without doubt. I mean, granted, he was a wee kid when he was supposed to leave, so it's kind of hard to leave when you're a kid if your if your folks aren't doing it for you. But you know, yeah, he's got he's got three kids who are all U.S. citizens as well. Oh, well, that should make him able to tie in, right? He's got family that were born there, so then you can be like, well. They're citizens, so I'd like to stay with them, please. Also, he's he's 26 years old and he's got three kids. What? Man, I've only got zero. <laughs> I also have zero. I'm way behind. Man. Uh, yeah, so that's so that's uh, 21 Savage. Do we think he's going to stay in the USA? Yeah, and this will allow him to actually do world tours. It's great. He doesn't have to pretend he's... <laughs> Never mind. He's, he'll be in the UK soon, whether, whether by... By force or in tour. By hook or by crook. Right. Penultimately, we're running out of time. Are you calling him a crook, mate? It's a phrase. I'm not calling him a crook. You're not a racist. I'm not not a racist, insists Seesaw Parade host. Okay. Penultimately, we're running out of time. European Council President Donald Tusk this week has described how there is a special place in hell for Brexiteers who don't have a plan. Yeah. Now, he la- now he's later clarified that he actually meant that they have a special place in hell when they die, as opposed to right now. <laughs> as opposed to immediately. <laughs> the, e- the EU is now under 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 rule of the police. <laughs> exactly. Martial law The EU is now in, in, in control of the underworld. The military, the military's in charge. Now we're, gonna, we're just going to kill all the Brexiteers now. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, this, this is just... I mean, I'm no longer surprised by anything that happens in Brexit, but this is a new one. This is a very much a new one. Usually it's... That's a bold statement. You know, it's the backstop. It's, oh, we've had a vote and nothing's happened. Nope, there's a special place in hell for you. James, 
anything further to add to this bizarre story? I mean, it just shows how not scared of Britain everybody is, right? You can say that about about people in a country that's about to leave. You can't be scared of the repercussions at all. They're all just like, well, politically, they're meaningless. Let's make fun of them before they go. Not Let's not even wait till after. It was at the end of the uh, press conference he made this remark, and the Irish Tershoch, Mr. Leo Varadkar, was picked up by the microphones at the end, telling Mr. Tusk, they'll give you terrible trouble in the press for that. And uh, the actual Downing Street reply to that was, um, it was a question for Mr. Tusk whether he considers the use of that kind of language helpful. Yeah, I kind of do, actually. The sound of tutting was also very loud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what a naughty man. And then also Nigel Farage, like, crawled out from from beneath the floorboards to tell us all that (laughs) it's going to be heaven when we're out of the European rule. The Lazarus of UK politics. It's because he's realised that Trump's getting done, so he's he's trying to detangle himself from the Trump mess now. <laughs> okay, and thank you for that lovely segue. Finally today, Trump made his State of the Union address. Uh, he he said something which actually made the Democrats, or some Democrat politicians, stand up and give him a, a standing ovation. Because he it? talked about how there were more women in Congress than ever. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. And it's no credit to Trump, except like maybe they got voted in because how how bad a job Trump's doing. You, you've noted uh, here that you just want to read a quote from Trump's State of the Union. What do you, what do you mean? Oh, I don't. It's not from a State of the Union. He made a, he made a, he had an interview with the New York Times, I think it was. Okay. And a question came up about him making money from the presidency because he still hasn't like dissolved his business or giving up, given up all ties to the business, which is what presidents are supposed to do. Yeah. And... Uh, Trump, in response to the well, to respond to the Times, I'm going to read it verbatim if I can. Okay. Says, "This job is from an economic, you know. I get a kick out of these people saying, oh, a rich Arab stayed at his hotel, you know. I'll bet you between opportunity cost and actual cost, you know. But I lost massive amounts of money doing this job. <laughs> this is not the money. This is this is one of the great losers of all time. You know. Fortunately, I don't need money. This is one of the great losers of all time." <laughs> but they'll say that somebody from the same from some country what? stayed at a hotel and I'll say yeah but I lose I mean the numbers are incredible are you sure you're not just making that up or the journalist is just like not smashed his head repeatedly with a keyboard <laughs> no I love it Trump's actual statements and in interviews are always real funny to read unbelievable just rambling nonsense <laughs> it's, it's one of the great losers of all time Colin what he's trying to say is that his business isn't profiting from him being the president, even though all the world leaders ever are, like, staying in his hotels and stuff. Well, exactly. Of course they are. Yeah, but he's not making any money, Colin. He's he's losing money from being the president. He's losing money. In the money. same way that Liam Neeson is not a racist. This is just he's not making money. <laughs> uh, but no, he did his little State of the Union address, and, like, he got sarcastic claps from Pelosi, and he thought they were real, and it was real funny and stuff. <laughs> But also, like they've, now that they, now that Congress is all Democrat, there's a whole bunch of investigations kicking off. Mr. Mueller is getting a whole a whole lot of transcripts in his probe. I reckon plenty more people than Trump are going to be in big trouble now. You think? Oh yeah, it's looking big. I mean, the the probe's already taken down like thirteen different people. Yeah, imagine even more. I, so I give it a month. Give it a month, and we'll see some new names. Okay, I'll look forward to that. Probably what episode one sixty, maybe if we're lucky. Is it episode 156 today? So let's say episode 157. Okay, okay. My episode 157, I expect to see big progress, James. Yeah, all right. Okay, uh, I think it's time to leave it. We've uh, we've exhausted all the chat. And uh, that, of course, just leaves me time to say, get in touch 
on Twitter at Parade. Send us a review. We'd love to hear from you. I we would. It's it's great. It's great when the when the audience gets in touch. Yeah, it's good. It's good, and it means it means you get to listen to other people. It validates us. We need a lot of validation. I need validation and hugs. That's all I need. Oh. Talking of which, I'm gonna go to bed and let the duvet hug me to sleep. Oh. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Keep going. You can hug the pillow too. <laughs> right, James. It's been a pleasure as always. I will speak to you next week when I'm back from Madrid. Next week. Let's do it. Cheers, Colin. What's what's Spanish for, for cheers or bye? Uh, adios. That's the one. Adios, amigo. And keep yeah. podcasting. Goodbye, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs>